Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to All Stats, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the online statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Olson and I'm joined on this afternoon by Martin Riley. Martin, how are you? I'm doing good. It feels weird to, re- to record in the afternoon rather than in an evening. Um, so yeah, I've not really eaten too much to talk about really. I've I had some toast. That's about all I've eaten today. How, how about you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm the same. I've I've only had some toast for breakfast. I have my breakfast about eleven o'clock because I just don't eat like eating early in the morning. And I've, I've, it has been known for me to record these podcasts in the evening with a beer, but I've got a coffee, so it's a bit bit of a different experience. This one, I've got I've got a can of um, relentless that I'm drinking. I'm a bit of a fiend for energy drinks, which is probably bad for me, but fuck it. Uh, <laughs> we've all got to have something, haven't we? So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Something to perk you up in the morning. But yeah, I'm the same. I don't often have too much to eat until... I generally don't even have lunch. I'll have like a breakfast about 11, 12 o'clock and then that sees me through until the evening. But yeah, we're not here to talk about food, but we always start that way. <laughs> yeah, at least we're fueled up on caffeine though, so we're ready to go. Yeah. You guys uh, recorded our Cardiff review last night, so I'm guessing any news that there was that I can't think of any news to be honest, but that was covered in that, I reckon. Yeah, well, well, the main thing that we talked quite a bit about was Luke Ayling's departure, and obviously you weren't on that pod last night, so maybe if I ask you, how, do you, how are you feeling about Luke moving on? Yeah, it's I was quite sad because he's obviously one of those key players from our promotion, and for me, I think he, he was the one that I think was maybe the focal point of that promotion, because he's the one that came out and did that interview away at Forest, and... Yeah, like obviously the goal against Huddersfield. I, f- I felt like after that interview against Forest, he was just like a man possessed for the rest of the season. And yeah, there's the goal against Huddersfield, that run against down the wing against Swansea, which without that, the goal Pablo's goal doesn't happen. So yeah, it's it's a re- really really sad one. I mean, um, it's it did kind of feel like the right time. I think I know people are always like, oh, we didn't get to say goodbye to him properly, but when do you ever get that in football? Um, so. Yeah, I'll I'll miss him. He was he was just I think he was just a nice guy as well. Um, so yeah, def, definitely. Yeah. It's nice. It's not nice to see these players that were key to our promotion go in, but I'm sure I, I like the idea of getting them all back at some point in the summer and doing that if we can if the club can get that sorted. 
But yeah, I will miss Ailing, um, despite the fact that he wasn't great for us this year. It's just nice to have him around, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I said, said more on the, the review pod, so I won't go into it too much, but just suffice to say that I'll, he'll be missed, um, at least more for who he is rather than what his impact has been for us this, this season because he's been a, a player on the periphery and on his way out. But I, I do also like the idea of something happening in summer where we can get them all back together because there's a few more who are leaving this summer, right? Uh, you've got Cooper, whose contract runs out, and I think that is Dallas the same, or does he have one more year left? I'm not sure. I feel like... Dallas um, is out this summer. Yeah, but I think have so. To check that. So, so there's quite a few who are leaving. So there will, will be very many left in that promotion team. What we'll have Bamford, we'll have Melier, uh, I guess Somerville was technically part of it. He came in around then, didn't he? Potentially Harrison. Yeah, Harrison. Yeah. Pascal Strauch, he played a little a small bit part role in our promotion, but yeah, he's still remembered as part of the Bielsa team. So there's not many of them left. So it will be good to do something over some some sort of testimonial to that group of players to, to mem- remember them a bit more, to kind of a goodbye, which fans feel like they haven't had a chance to. Yeah, that'd be good. I look forward to that if it happens. So the, we're here to preview the Preston North End game then on Sunday. And for this game, I spoke to Ben Wignall, who is a journalist for Football League World and a Preston fan. And you can listen to that interview now. Ben, hi, how are you? Uh, pretty good. Um, it's even better the day after a much-needed win for for Pierney. I'm sure you're pretty good as well. Uh, nice little three-nil win over Cardiff. Very comfortable. Yeah, I thought it'd be a bit quite tricky that game for Leeds, to be honest. But it was actually very easy in the end. And Bamford's actually back up to scoring goals, which is uh, something I wouldn't have thought I'd be saying a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, not nice. But we've struggled away recently. So yeah, been quite good. So. I know this is will be our second game this season, but could you perhaps just let the listeners know what's go, been going on with Preston in the last few seasons and how the last few years have been for you guys sort of on and off the pitch, really? Well, I think this is our ninth season now in the Championship. I think there's only us and Bristol City that have stayed there for, for that, that period of time and not got in the playoffs at all in them those nine years. I think we've gone pretty close a few times under... Alex Neal and then obviously Ryan Law. We we had a campaign last year where we got pretty close, five games to go, and it it just never happened. Um, I think we've been generously backed by our former owner Trevor Hemmings. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he was putting into the tune of probably about a million a month or just less to oh wow okay. just keep yeah just keep us going to we don't have the the biggest fan base in the in the league, and we've not got a, a really big turnover, so we've kind of been having like a lower third budget in the league and when we're pushing towards those playoffs it's kind of a an almost a punching above our weight situation. Um his son Craig's now in charge and he's the family are kind of doing similar, putting the the same amount of money in and they kind of actually gone for it this summer. We've spent about three and a half million, which is kind of un unbeknown to PNE fans in recent years because 'cause we've kind of been scraping for around for loans and frees and whatnot and we nearly even signed Tom Cannon for five million before he, he went to Leicester. That would have been a real shock to the system. Oh, okay, so yeah. yeah, our our record transfer is only one point five, one point six million. So yeah, I think they did try to go for it in the summer, but we we're still pottering around in, in the, the middle of the table in that very con there's a lot of teams in that playoff chase were one of them and we'll just got have to see if, if it maintains itself. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of gap is there between probably about maybe fifth place in the league and maybe even fifteenth is that far as out like there all those teams you could see, easily see finishing in, in any of those spots between 
fifth and fifteenth. How would you assess your season so far? Um, I know you you started quite well and probably dropped off quite a bit in the last couple of months. So how would how would you assess it so far? And would, and would you say that the performances that Preston have been putting in have reflected where you are in the league? It's an interesting one because we did have a very good start to the season. I didn't think anyone would think PNE would be top after seven games. We won six in a row, but I think some of those wins probably felt fortunate because against the likes of Sunderland, Birmingham, I think they probably outplayed us yet. We we won by the odd goal and we were just taking our chances. I think the data was showing that we were very low down in the league on on XG and, and chances created and that kind of all came crashing down a little bit in October time. I think we lost to West Brom, which was our first loss of the season, 4-0 and we started to leak goals like we did a lot last season and you know those chances started drying up the the chances created were drying up as well and I think after yesterday it's five wins in 20 which it's mad to think we're still two points off the playoffs it's just, that's just a championship yeah. though I guess it's it's a, it's a strange league you can go long runs with without winning games and you can still be, be in that pack um, I think obviously Ryan Law is a manager I think a lot of uh, it's hard to gorge because you've got your online fans and you've got fans who don't you know, use social media and whatnot, but a lot of have been getting tired of of Lloyd's being in the job for just over two years now, and don't think his comments in the media have helped at times about fans and not having the coaching badges and stuff when he's been quizzed on identities and style of play. But I think football's a bit of a fickle sport, isn't it? If we're going a winning run now after yesterday, I know we've got a, a very tough game coming up at this coming weekend, but I think if we do start to go on a bit of a a winning run, the the opinions might change, but. I think from the start of the season, we were kind of punching our way at the top and we're kind of now around where we should be in that kind of mid-table chasing the playoff pack. And um, Where do you think, realistically, you, you could finish this season? Uh, again, it's another tough one because I think our, our defence, I know we, we had this weird run last year at the start of the season where we kept seven clean sheets in a row to start the season and our defence was the next... The, the second coming really and obviously that didn't didn't last at all and there's been a lot of games since Ryan Law took charge that we have conceded four or more and that's happened again this season um, and I just feared that our defence is a little bit slow and not as agile we can't really cope with a lot of the quicker faster attacking attacking teams who do get caught up in quite a lot and for that reason I can probably see us dropping away from the playoff racing about March time, you know, we we got to April last season. We were still in it mid-April, and it we just kind of dropped away there. I think it might come a little bit earlier this season. Uh, that might be a kind of pessimistic view from a glass half empty PNE fan like me, but I think the data <laughs> the data has showed we are a bit poor creatively, and I think unless something changes between now and and then, maybe a couple of signings this this month. Um, I can only really see us finishing in the the bottom half. But I would be pleasantly surprised if we were in that playoff race still with a few games to go. So with that in mind, how would you say your, your squad looks overall and is it is it sort of in position to push for the playoffs, do you think, or do you think like the drop-off in March time, as you suggested, might be the level of that squad? Um, I think I was happy with our squad going into, well, after the transfer window of finishing the summer. Um, I think the only thing I thought we were missing was a left-back, we or a left-wing-back, because Lowe likes to play a three at the back for the most part. We had Alvaro Fernandez on loan from, from Man United last year. He was pretty good. He's now joining Benfica 
permanently, which is a sign of how well he's developed. And going into September, we only had Robbie Brady, who's not the player he was who when he was in the Premier League for Burnley, and young Kean Best, who's attracted a bit of attention, but he's not really played for the, the last two months. And I think we've kind of had to put Liam Miller there um, when when Laws wanted to use the the three at the back. Um, I was quite happy with the squad at the, the end of August, but then you start to draw and lose a few games. The goals start to leak and you think we could have strengthened the defence a little bit more. Maybe we signed Jack Watmore from Wigan. He's not played too much. He's had a few injuries, but we've kind of got the same defence as last season. Story, Lindsay and, and Hughes, and at times they have been you know, quite weak and ponderous a little bit. I think we've got we've strengthened definitely in in attack, I think we've the goals are getting shared around and we're scoring a little bit more than we were last season. Um, and I do think our squad's stronger on paper than last season, but I do think we can we can still improve. And obviously the form is assured. The it's not really showing through in the the results that we are stronger. But like I said, the championships are a weird league. They can be very streaky teams, and we've been in a, a pretty poor streak recently. And we're in the middle of the January transfer window at the moment, so would you expect any incomings or outgoings to the squad in this window? Well, Lowe just Ryan Lowe just confirmed on Saturday that Ram, Calvin Ramsey's gone back to Liverpool, promising right back, but didn't have the rubber degree. And I think he came in injured. He'd been out injured long term with an injury. He's had a few more niggles and uh, some illnesses as well, and he's gone back to Liverpool and I think Patrick Boward, our experienced centre-back, could be going out on loan for the final few months of his contract. So I think if that happens, that should free up some wage budget and I, I can only see a loan or two coming in. I don't think we're going to be that busy. I think we spent most of our money in the in the summer when we, we spent about three and a half million, I think, on a, on a few signings. So I could Maybe see it as delving into the Premier League loan market, but I think a lot of teams will be be going down that route. And when you're competing against clubs who probably have a lot more finances to offer, and it hopefully come down to game time. And we've we've got a, we've got a pretty big squad. It's it's bigger than than other years. And these Premier League players who could come in, they're not going to be guaranteed game time. So it'll be interesting to see how. We get along with that, but we've done pretty well in January last few years. We had got Tom Cannon last year, who scored around eight goals. Cameron Archer the year before, he's gone on to, to do better yeah. things. So I think we're just hoping for the, maybe another attacking player to, to come in, maybe another winger to kind of help Liam Miller, who's been our only real creative spark. And I think we're all hoping for that, really. But I think time will tell. We've got two and a bit weeks left to, to try and find one of those kind of game changes in the final third. Yeah, I think Leeds are in a similar position where they're just looking at the Premier League loans market as well. And I think that's probably the case for all the top half teams in the Championship. And then you end up with some odd signings like Carvalho going to Hull, don't you? So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one to navigate at this time of year. So, you've you've touched on your manager already, but uh, do you want to just have a bit of a chat about Ryan Lowe and how you would assess his time at Preston? Yeah, it's uh, obviously it's interesting timing because of the the kind of divide he's created between the fans but I think he came in in I think it was December 2021 he promised kind of like a the brand of attacking football he said he'll defend before attack with six and I think we had a promising first half of well sorry second half of his first season in charge and we were kind of showing what he wanted to, to play like and I think in his first full season we had a really big wobble in December January time where it did look like he was probably on his way. I remember a game against Wigan at home last season where we were 1-0 down at half-time and 
there was murmurs that it could be his last game we lost and we turned it round and then I think we went on to only lose one of our next like eight games, won five out of six, got to the cusp of the playoffs and obviously we, we just fell away at the end because we weren't, weren't quite good enough and honestly this season's been pretty tough. I know we, we did win the six of our first seven but kind of started to fall apart October time, like I said earlier and the performances on the whole have not really been good enough for the most part. We have had the odd game where we turn it on Um as you saw on Boxing Day, we we kind of we kind of turned it on a little bit there. I know the the ten men probably helped, but for a lot of the season so far, there's not been enough creativity. The defense has been leaky, and I think he's really been starting to feel the pressure low. Um, but I think unless results really start to go downhill and we start to drop down the table uh, properly, if we drop to maybe 14th, I think, and then we've gone back up to 11th. I think the gap's kind of increasing a little bit between the the bottom sides in the the playoff chase. I think unless we have a really bad bad run and start to drop down the table, I think he's here to stay. We we paid a little bit to get him out of Plymouth in the first place, and he's brought a lot of coaching staff in. And I think it would cost a little bit to get rid of him if that's how we'd you know want to move forward. But we're not really a team known for sacking managers. I think since 2013 when we appointed Simon Grayson, we've only had four head coaches or managers since then. So that's four in 11 years, which is probably at football league level quite unheard of because a lot of teams are churning out managers and looking for a quick fix. So I think probably maybe frustrating for some fans. I think Lowy's here to stay, but there's definitely reservations over his, his style and brand for me. And how would you describe that style as a manager? So does he have a defined system or style? I wouldn't say so. I think he's still, even after two years, he's still trying to find what the the right fit is to get results. Obviously, like I said, he did promise like four in defence, six in attack. Um, when he first came, um, it's not really materialised. We have looked slow and ponderous a lot this season, not like the the attacking style he did promise. Um, he can we can mix it up though. We can. He does like to. Freddie Woodman, the goalkeeper, will will play it out from the back. We've not really got ball playing defenders. You know, we've got Liam Lindsay's kind of head it away first kind of defender. Andrew Hughes is probably the the most of the ball playing defender. He will overlap at times on the the left, and we'll try to build it up that way. But we can go direct as well. We've got Osmai, Chad Evans, who are big big units up top, and I think a lot of attack sometimes will come down the right with Brad Potts just going direct to him. He can win the balls in the air against against smaller left backs because he's a he's a big unit himself. Um so no I don't think we've really got a style of play at the minute. He's still trying to figure out what's best for I think obviously when you're on a, a bad run of form you'll try and do anything to, to get back to it. So I think unlike other managers who've got a you know a set style like a Russell Martin who's always going to stick to his beliefs of you know passing out from the back possession player. I think Law is kind of gone back to basics and he's just trying to find a winning formula instead of having a style. So, yeah, you've, you've said he's probably more adaptable then, but how do Preston generally build attacks when they're in settled possession? Well, the plan at the minute just seems to be to give it to Liam Miller and, and see if he can create something on the on the left flank. I think, you know, he, he had success against Archie Gray on Boxing Day, but if you do he double... He did a number on Gray on Boxing Day, yeah, I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, it was probably his star performance. He can be in and out Miller of games, but... Yeah, he really he really showed his his best self there. But if you do double up on him, it can take most of our creativity out of the game. Cause he's seemingly at the minute the only player who has that kind of guile and and trickery to 
to beat a man and for most of over players we have looked a bit ponderous in in build up. Um but like I said in in the when talking about law we can go direct to a, a Brad Potts at wing back or a big striker but we can for the we do try and knock it about and try and try and build from the back but I just think we lack real playmakers in the middle. We signed Mads Frocchio from from Odense in, in Denmark in the summer and he showed flashes of quality. Um but even though he signed him, Ryan Law doesn't seem to really utilise him. He's played came off the bench more often than not at times. He's been an unused sub in recent months and we spent around one point one million on him to not really be playing, so it's a bit a bit strange when he's probably what our second most creative player when he's when he's on the pitch. Um and it's rare to see us probably play a lot of forward progressive passes with the other a little bit of a side to side team at times and you'll also not see us shoot from range as much. There's a lot of cries in especially at home games to just shoot like you you do get from your fans. But yeah. it's it's hard to say how if if you took Miller out of the team, it's it would be a very uncreative P and E team and yeah, I don't know how it's gonna work on, on Sunday against a team who are probably gonna have a lot of the ball, but I could imagine we're probably gonna try and try and play on the counter, but if you double up on Miller, basically, I think it'll it does take out a lot of our a lot of our attacking play. Yeah, I think for that that game on Boxing Day, Gray was left pretty much one on one against Miller. Even like he was just covering Miller and whoever your fullback was that day, um, which was probably causing Lee's problems and where a lot of your chances came from. So I'm hopeful we'll see a bit of an adaption from Leeds on our side uh, in this in this game. What about when the opposition has the ball then? So do Preston typically press or do they drop off or is it just a, a middle ground? I think it depends on the game and the situation. We played Chelsea last week in the, the FA Cup and I was pleasantly surprised. We did press them very well up and down the pitch. Uh, we didn't sit in as much as I thought we would. We did in the second half. Uh, for some reason, we really took the game to in the, the first half. Maybe it you know tired us out a bit pressing a, a team who are, have got that quality, but... I do think when there's a, we play a bigger team um, away from home, I think we are more likely to kind of sit in and and soak up the pressure. Um, it was it can be frustrating though. We played obviously Bristol City yesterday, and there didn't really seem to be any urgency in the first half to press from the front. I think under Alex Neal's management, we were pressing from the front a lot, um, and just it's not really been happening under law. We were kind of just standing off trying to let Bristol City. Um, just play out from the back and we weren't really Ozmaich was kind of starved of service up front but he was also like kind of chasing down on his own um, but I do think against a side like Leeds we will probably try and sit in especially away from home I think it'll be a different game to what it was at Deepdale I think we did try and especially in the first half go for it we had a few good chances yeah. in the first half but I think at Ellen Road it'll be a different game different atmosphere and I wouldn't be Surprised to see us just kind of sit in. There won't be. I don't think there'll be a lot of pressing. I think we'll try and maybe try and hit you on the counter attack with if we've got a bit of pace up top. Um, and yeah, it wouldn't be surprising to see a, a lot of possession for Leeds. And if obviously if you score early, it's the game changes and the the game plan will probably change. But yeah, I would not be surprised to see a, a bit of a low block uh, on Sunday. So we've kind of chatted about this already, but this is a, the second meeting. Um, between Preston and Leeds this season after Preston won 2-1 on Boxing Day. What were your main takeaways from that game and what, how do you think that will impact the game at, at Ellen Road? Yeah, it's interesting because I didn't... 
I was expecting a little bit more from Leeds. I know you had you well your last few results. I know you beat Ipswich um, pretty comfortably, but there've been a few games. I think that I think you played Coventry and Drew as well, and lost Sunderland. I think in the build up. Um, so I was expecting a, a little bit more. I think we kept Somerville pretty quiet, which was key. I think he took a he took a big hit in the first half. I think from a challenge, and he yeah. seemed to be really really quiet after that. Uh, I think it was a pretty even first half. I think from from what I remember, yeah. I think both had a, a few chances, and I think obviously the, the sending off changes the game massively. Um, pretty petulant. I still don't know what he was doing, Melia. I know, I know, as my H was a little bit uh, dramatic, but I guess it's modern day game, isn't it? You you've got to kind yeah. of do what you got to do to get the advantage. And but I think I do think even though when we were two 0 up, I thought you were Leeds looked more of a threat when you had the lesser man. Um, I was, and I obviously got to two one with the penalty, and I was pretty worried at the likes of Rutter running at our defence. It he did get a few chances in the box in the second half where he, he burst past the defender, and I think he just couldn't find the final ball. And that kind of attacker, you know, your Rutters and your James and Somerville will have a bit of pace. And against our defence, is pretty slow. It could, especially at Ellen Road, it could be a a different game, and that kind of pace and, and trickery worries me. And like I said, I do expect it to be a, a bit of a different game. I don't think we'll be nearly as attacking as we were on Boxing Day. Um, I think probably many neutrals, PNE fans even, will be expecting a, a comfortable Leeds win. But I am hoping we, we try and make it at least difficult. I think some a lot of home fans come away from having PNE at the ground. I think we're kind of like an, an anti-football team from over the years. We can time waste a little bit, but... That's probably the the kind of thing that Leeds fans will be thinking if we do sit in and and try and play for a draw or play on the counter attack. Yeah, I think I think because I actually went to that game on Boxing Day, um, and I my, my takeaway in the first half was I think Preston had just set up really well, and you stopped stopped Leeds playing, and we had to move the ball from side to side a lot. But after, I don't think that was from Leeds not going for it. I think just Preston set up well, so I think there's a decent chance in this game we might see a similar thing in the first half that you might be able to stop us playing. Who would you say the players are the? Uh, which players are most important to the way that Preston play then? And as like a second question, who will be most important for you to get a result against Leeds? Well, I don't keep going back to boxing there. But I think if Liam Miller gets that time and space, he's the the player that can do the most damage. Obviously, I think Fark is not stupid. I think he'll he'll see that if you double up on him. Now, I think in the games that have followed that game, he has been doubled up on by the likes of Sheffield Wednesday and and Sunderland. He's not created as much. Um, Obviously, Archie Gray is a great young player, but I think he was a little bit kind of naive in his defending against Miller, but again, he wasn't helped out by his teammates, really, uh, on that afternoon. Um, aside from Miller, though, you, you can blow hot and cold, and like I said, if he's doubled up on, he, he can struggle, but we don't really have any other real game changes. I know Will Keynes, he scored eight goals this season, he got a brace, so he'll, he might get the, the nod up front, maybe with Osmaich or Reese, but it's hard to see our attackers getting too many chances at, at Ellen Road, so it'll probably be important, the midfield battle, because obviously if Piro's playing, I, I didn't see how you line up against Cardiff, but if Piro's in the 10, he'll be kind of drifting around, and I think Rutter comes deep as well, doesn't he? So I think the yeah. midfield tracking those bodies will be kind of important. We'll probably pack it with uh, Ben Whiteman, Ali, uh, Alan Brown and Ali McCann, unless Brad Potts is injured, he did come off yesterday, so Brown might end up playing at wing back but I do think the the midfield will have to be on it for you know Leeds is your 
the attackers when they're, they're drifting around. I think they will have to be alert and I think that, that engine room will be important on, on Sunday. Leeds, when they're at home, they generally dominate the ball, um, but we do look to generate transition attacks from uh, turnovers in midfields. This can be through pressing traps or sometimes just through a high press as well. Do you think Leeds will engage... So do you think Preston will engage Leeds in general play or will they look to avoid these situations and come and play a low block or hit the ball over the top to a player um, to to get over the Leeds press? Yeah, I can't really see us engaging in in proper, well, proper football, but, you know, passing and and playing the Leeds way. I think I go back to Leicester away in, in October time. We, we kind of sat in like a 4-5-1 a or a 4-1-4-1 for most of the game. And for sixty minutes we were we were in the game at nil nil and we could have really gone in at, at half time, one nil up. I think Dwayne Holmes missed a really good chance, but I think in, in the first half we did miss a few chances. Uh sorry, Leicester wasted a few chances where they got in behind the defence but we our low block meant that we were sitting pretty deep anyway and there was kind of a few good recovery blocks and recovery challenges that, that kept us in it and Obviously, the clash shone through in the end for Leicester. He won three 0 in the all second half goals, and I can probably try and I can see us trying something similar in in that sense on Sunday. I'm not sure it would be smart to go and you know press high up the pitch and try and engage in Leeds' style of play because I think you'd just probably play us around, play it around us, and and pick us off. Um, so yeah, I do expect the a kind of low block or a more defensive kind of. Set up from us, but I don't know. Low match surprises. I was surprised at Chelsea in the first half when we kind of took the game to him. Um, maybe he'll he'll kind of think it might be a free hit for him. I don't know, but I would more likely think that the low block will be kind of implemented instead of a, a high press. Let's have a talk about your uh, lineup then. So, do you have any notable injuries or suspensions coming into this game? No, we actually don't. We've uh, the only player before yesterday who was on the sidelines was Jack Watmore, who's been pretty much a backup anyway to Jordan Story and Liam Lindsay at the back. The only concern, I think, is Brad Potts. He did go down injured yesterday. I think I, he went down after the first goal. He was kind of fiddling with his foot a bit, and then he did go off after the, the second goal. And he's a really important player in our team because if we're playing with wing-backs. He's the only right wing-back we've got. We did have Calvin Ramsey, but barely played, and now gone back to Liverpool. Um, I think Law said that Alan Brown and McCann can both cover out there if if Potts is <coughs> unavailable, but it's not the same as him bursting down the wing. He's got a lot of energy um, and he's kind of improved defensively as the seasons have gone on. Um, so he's the only real worry. We did have Emil Risa. He got 17 league goals last season. He's been out for nearly a year, but he's just come back and got a pretty decent assist yesterday so we've got options up front now we've got four or five options to choose from um but yeah law's got a, a big well a relatively big squad to choose from and he's probably got a few selection headaches ahead of him and with all that in mind could you give us your best guess at the lineup yeah it is difficult because of the second half yesterday he made a triple sub to try and yep. change the game and it did change the game effectively but that was a very attacking lineup in the second half and i can't see him being that Attacking again in the uh, going to Leeds and and trying that I can imagine that the back the defense will stay the same. I think Freddie Woodman will it'll almost certainly be starting in goal, and I think Jordan Story, Liam Lindsay, and Andrew Hughes will be the the back three. It's not a, a very agile or quick back three, but 
it can be solid at times, it, but it also can be ropey. I'm hoping that Potts shakes off his whatever issue he had, and if he does, I think him and Liam Miller will be starting at, at wing-back, and then I can see us packing the midfield just to have a bit of energy. I can see Whiteman and Ben Whiteman and Ali McCann sitting. I think Alan Brown and probably Dwayne Holmes will be kind of the two number 10s, or they might sit a bit deeper in, in this game, and I think the biggest selection issue is up top. We... Osmaic or record signing from Cadiz in the summer had a bit of a, a hard time yesterday with you know being starved of service and he got brought off at half time and you've got Will Keane who scored two and Reese who looked pretty pretty lively. I think he might end up going with Keane up top just for his, his two goals. Um but yeah, like I said, he's got a bit of a selection head at low with all the, the players available to him now. Uh we don't ask for predictions on this podcast, but what I will ask is where do you think this game will be won or lost? Probably the way we set up if we... But I think the defence... Well, both defences, I think, will play a big part. I think if we can soak up the pressure for the the first 20, 25 minutes or so and get a few counters going, see what... I assume it'll be striking and rolled on at the back if we can kind of get the ball direct over the top to someone to chase onto. We'll kind of see what how the game's panning out. And I think if you do leave yourself open at the back and we do play Emil Reese, it could be... Interesting, cause he's got a a bit of pace, but it's to be fair, it's hard to see him starting after. But he's only just come back in the last few weeks with his knee injury, so I think if it's keen up top, there won't be too much pace up there. But I think our defense will need to be completely switched on, cause like I said, you've got a lot of tricky players who can can beat a man. You know, your Somervilles and your um and your Rutter. So I think if we're going to be using a low block, like I think we will, we're going to be just going to need to be completely switched on and we might be aiming to frustrate the the home fans and I think if we go in nil-nil at half-time, I think it'll be a, probably a job well done. That's great. Well, thank, thanks for all that, Ben, and thank you for joining us and I hope you enjoy the game on Sunday. Yep, hopefully not too big of a loss for us. <laughs> Cheers. So that was a good interview with Ben. I re- really enjoyed that. It was he was actually really struggling uh, with an illness on that day, so I'm really thankful that he still came on and he was really insightful for Preston, so... Yeah, enjoyed that. Before we move on to the analysis of the game, we're going to take a quick ad break. Um, but first, for our uh, patrons, <clears throat> obviously you won't have to listen to this one because this isn't um, an advert for our patrons, so you don't listen to, listen to this bit. So Patreon is a media platform where you can support content creators you enjoy and get extra content in return. You can access our Patreon for as little as £1.99 per month, which gives you ad-free podcasts, and if you want to pay a little bit more, you get other benefits, including early access to our preview pods, such as this one that you're listening to now, analysis articles, videos, and bonus podcasts. At the moment, we've got a Archie Gray article, which you wrote, Martin, and there was also a pod that you and Hostie did quite recently on our chance creation issues and our uh, what potential transfers we might want to look at in January. So do you want to just go f- give us a little bit of detail on those two things? Yeah, sure. So, so the Archery article, it's more looking um, it's how what sort of player he is now and how he's progressed as the season's gone on and just what sort of qualities he has on, a, on an individual level and how he's adapted to the team instructions and moving from midfield to fullback. So yeah, it's a good article. I, I enjoyed writing it and it made me realise how good Archie has been for us across the season, uh, both in both positions. And some sort of things that you forget about them, and you go back and watch games. It's it's good to rewatch them so you can see what they do, because it really gives you a different perspective when you focus on one player individually and what they do 
because you're not only focusing on what they're doing when they're on the ball, you're also looking at what they're doing when the team's in possession, but they're not on the ball. So it's it's always one that I enjoy doing because it really does help you to understand what a player does a lot more. And then the uh, bonus podcast, which me and uh, Hostie did, that was also a really fun one. We both really enjoyed doing that one. We took quite a big, a deep dive into some of our issues with chance creation and also a bit more of a look at what we're looking to find in January or what we think that would improve the squad uh, in regards to what profiles we want, want to get for each position that we need. So that both of those are worth looking at if you want uh, something different to listen to. Yeah, I, I listened to that uh, chance creation pod last week and really enjoyed it. It was um, it broke down quite well how why we were struggling to create chances. I know after the Cardiff game and the Birmingham game, it's not as doesn't feel as relevant, but I think it is still relevant to the um, the, the season as a whole. So I could definitely recommend listening to that. And if you do sign up, you get all our articles and podcasts that have we've ever released so you can go back and listen to q a's and or any of the podcasts we've done so if you want to sign up you can go to patreon.com forward slash asaw patreon hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On to the opposition analysis for the Preston game then. So, Martin, Ben mentioned in the interview that he thinks Preston will sit back in this game. Do you think that'll be the way that Preston approached this? That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they're a team who are capable of mixing things up. Um, like Ben mentioned in there, that they recently went uh, to, had a game against Chelsea and they pressed Chelsea high. So they are clearly able to press a team high. And I think in the game that which we played against them, not too long ago, actually. It's weird having the reverse fixture so close to the first one, don't you think? Yeah, it was about it was like three weeks ago. Yeah. So three weeks ago. So yeah, it's not been that long since we've had the game. So it's still pretty fresh in my mind, to be honest, because Melier got sent off in it. And I think Preston were going for more of a mid-block approach in, in that game. Some some people saw it as a full-on low block, but for me it was more of a mid-block. So they were yeah. looking to set traps for us in, in, when we got into their half. And they went with a back three shape in this game. Um, but yeah, we'll get on to that. But what I find I'll talk about now, we don't, don't have a question about that in the running order. I just, that, that's one of the few other teams who also play the, a back three against us and they don't always play one themselves. So that's also be going to be good, interesting to see how we do against it second time around and see if we've learned any lessons about how to approach a back three and how we can look to break it down 
but with with PWAP pressing specifically, I would expect maybe a little bit less of an intense press, maybe more more of a low block than mid block since it's at Island Road this time around. So yeah, I do think it probably will most likely be that, but I'd be surprised if they do be a little bit more intense than that. Yeah, I think it will be generally a, a low block, but you might see just pressing moments. Um, yeah. If there's if it's a loose ball or something, they can do to get win the ball a bit higher and create a chance from that rather than come out with the high press approach, which Ben suggested that they played against Chelsea. I yeah. imagine that was more because it was an FA Cup game, a bit more of a one-off. Because I don't imagine Preston going to Stamford Bridge and just sitting back is going to go very well for them. Yeah, exactly. So exactly, I think that's probably just more of a one-off because no Championship team going to go up against a Premier League team really expect to get anything out of it so they would more look to just try different things maybe and just be brave i think that's the thing which teams say when they're in the fa cup not like it's real football or anything like that no doesn't not real football no is i've just thought of it in my head but like obviously this game is so recent that melier's ban means that he's played one game since that preston game and then he's playing preston again which is <laughs> quite quite crazy really yeah yeah it is indeed so I think there's a pretty obvious answer to this next question, but which players do we need to look out for from Preston Martin? Well, it's definitely going to be uh, Liam Miller. We saw how yep. much of an impact he had against us. Um, he he was just really good in that game, yeah. uh, better than what I've expected. I, I mean, I did earmark him as a player who was capable, but I kind of expected us to deal with his threat a bit better than what we did. And now that we are forewarned that he can cause, especially Archie Gray, problems, uh, I would expect we'll have a different approach to Miller and look to double up on him in the way that um, was mentioned in, in the in opposition interview that, that other teams have successfully marked him out of the game by pulling up more. So I would expect we'll see if it's, it will most likely be Dan James who will play alongside Gray, I'd imagine, in, in this game just for the added out-of-possession benefit that Dan gives us. And he's all, all been quite good to that sort of doubling up job and give support to Archie when we've needed it so yeah that's probably the best way I think we would approach him and they've got a couple of uh, their midfielders are pretty good for the division not anything amazing but good for for this level in um, I think they've been playing Ryan Ledson and McCann and Whiteman a fair amount and also Alan Brown I think he's probably the one who's their most progressive player in their midfield area so the one who will look to get them forward when they're attacked in transition. And he's also pretty capable of hitting the ball from distance as well. So he's another one who we have to be aware of and slows down when he's on the ball to limit his influence on the game. Yeah, we're on Miller, um, it was very noticeable in that in the away leg, I say away game at Preston, that James was actually staying high and wide, which was leaving Gray two on one against Miller and whatever fullback. And that was like, I think... Gray might have dealt with Miller better one-on-one if he was just dealing with Miller, but he was having to sort of cover the fullback going down the line and Miller potentially going inside, So he, and he was left in a situation where he couldn't do anything. So I definitely would rather see an approach in this game where James comes back and helps Gray out. Because I think, I think one-on-one, Gray will probably deal with Miller most times. There will be moments if Miller plays like he did at, in the away game. But yeah, I would like James to come back and support. And I think we've we've got enough good players that we can we don't need to leave Dan James high and wide to try and get an advantage in this game when we can like if Bamford plays where he can stretch the defence and leave space for Rutter and Somerville. So yeah, as long as Gray supported I'm a bit less worried about Miller this time. Hopefully we've just learned from that first game. Exactly. Have you got any data about their season so far, Martin? Yeah, so the 
there are overperformed quite a lot so far this season. I think I've mentioned that in the even though it wasn't even that long ago the um, preview for the reverse fixture, but they've quite heavily overperformed their open play xG. They've scored twenty five goals from sixteen point six xG as it sounds. So a pretty big overperformance on their half. Um, and but the set play xG is pretty much half of the course of. Um, scored five goals from five point four xG on that, and the and going the other way, I think that it's a bit of an overperformance. I don't, actually, I didn't actually write those numbers down. I sort of did, um, but yeah, we got the bigger thing that stands out in their data is the overperformance from their xG, and they're scoring more goals from open play than what they really should do. And that's a big reason why they were quite high up in the table in the early part of the season, and now they've, they've dropped down a, a fair amount, um, but. Just to put it in perspective, the amount of open play XG they've created is the second bottom in the league. Right, okay. Uh, a fair bit higher than that because of the performance. So uh, so even we shouldn't underestimate them because obviously they did a number on us last time. Thanks to some, mainly through Liam Miller, to be honest, he assisted one of the goals and scored the other. So if, if we can limit his influence on the game and not give him as much space, tighter to him when we need to, then that will help us a lot because he was definitely their biggest threat. Yeah, I have, I have a feeling Preston might be one of those teams that would be interesting to track maybe their underlying numbers, see how they track over the season, like then where they actually are in the league. Because mm. is it like, would they just overperform in XG at the start of the season, then it's regressed or even gone below what they're yeah. creating now? Or were they just producing good numbers and then the numbers have gone bad? Either way, it it's not great from a Preston point of view, whichever way you look at it. On that one, yeah. Let's get into the leads analysis then. So, are there any injuries that we've got any updates on ahead of this game, Martin? Um, none that we've got updates on, other than um, Furpo, who had a dead leg and came off in the game against Cardiff. Um, Fark mentioned that it was just a dead leg, and that's usually a pretty short turnaround. But it's Furpo, so who knows how how long it could be? Yep, he's he's gone. Not seen him again this season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. That could quite well be the possibility. I hope not, because he was good in the Cardiff game and in those games that we've seen him in recently. So I do hope that he is available, because obviously Byram's also recovering from an injury, but he did come off the bench to replace Furpo in the Cardiff game. So hopefully he should be able to play if Furpo isn't. Either one of them will be fine for the left-back position, but just to bring in a left-back one who maybe is a little less injury prone than the two options that we currently have. We only have one who's an actual left back in Furpo. Even though Byron can play to a very high standard, he isn't technically a left back. So, yeah, that will be nice leads if we can get that done before the end of the window. I'm, not, I'm in no rush. As long as it's done before the end of the window and we've got that cover for the rest of the season, then that's all I'm bothered about. It is leads, though, so that won't happen. No, we've got, not. we've got Furpo and Byron until the end of the season. Yeah. I think the only other ones are Strauch and Cooper, aren't they? There, but mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any update on them. I guess we'll have to wait till the presser later in the week. I think so, yeah. Um, but I'm fairly happy with going with Ampadu and Rodon, and mm-hmm. then Gruev playing with Kamara in midfield if it comes to it. So I'm yeah, not as worried about that. It would just be the, the fullbacks where I'd be probably a bit more concerned. Mm-hmm. How will we approach this game in possession, then, Martin? Do you expect us to do anything different to what we did in the away game? Well, it's potential that there's going to be different personnel in the game to what was in, in it last time. Um, we've been seeing Bamford starting recently, and 
Peru will be coming off off the bench mainly for at least that's what it is at the moment. Um, where we've got midweek games that may change some because Bamford definitely isn't a player who we can risk playing more than once in a week because we know his history with injuries runs since he has become good again. We don't want to risk him being injured again. So some rotation. I personally was thought it would be okay for us to rest Bamford for this game so we can pl- play him in the midweek game against Norwich. Um, my thinking behind that is mainly because I think we are going to need a good out-of-possession approach against Norwich more than what we are against Plymouth. And we should not Plymouth, sorry, Preston. I'm getting the two P teams mixed up. And in an, in the in the reverse fixture against Norwich, we were not very good out of possession. So I think we could do with his added intensity in our press for that game over the Preston game. But if Bamford does play, then that will obviously change how we approach it in possession. We've got an extra out ball in the over the top runs, which Bamford makes quite often. And we saw a few of those in the Cardiff game where he was found stretching the back line of Cardiff so if if he does play in the game then that will change our approach and we will go longer more because we'll have his runs inclined to top but other than that I think it'll largely remain the same we'll look to keep possession of the ball and when we don't have it we'll look to hit it quickly in transition when they turn over the ball I have a feeling that Bamford will play this game because yeah I, I do agree with the out of possession side against Norwich and that will be a reason to play Bamford against Norwich. But I think there's like an in-possession reason in both games to play Bamford in the Preston game and Pirro in the Norwich game. Uh, because I think in the away game, we struggled. They, they made the pitch, the middle of the pitch so packed that mm. when Pirro came in and like Rutter, oh sorry, Pirro dropped in. No, start again. Rutter dropped in and Pirro was in there already. Then Somerville, they were all like in the same sort of space and they were having to try and dribble through quite a lot of players just to try and mm. create a chance. For some, Then there was no one in the box to get on the end of that chance. Yeah. Whereas if Bamford's stretch, stretching that line, it leaves more space for Rutter and Somerville to run at defences, create those chances. And I think that'll just help <coughs> help open Preston a bit. And then for Norwich, I think that game will be a bit more open than I think this game will, the Preston game will be hmm. which is a game that I think in possession might suit Piro a bit more um, so that's my reason for that but I do completely agree that the, there are out of possession reasons against Norwich to play Bamford in that game so yeah I think either way I'm as, lo- as long as I'm hoping it is fought through which game Bamford plays and which game Piro plays if they do yeah. play one of each then I think it's fine there's reasons positive reasons for, for both in yeah. each game no, I'd agree. That's a, it's a good point that you make there about the in-possession part, part of it that, yeah, I think Bamford's in-possession game will make more of a difference against Preston than it will against not Norwich. Not that it won't make a difference against Norwich, it will, yeah. because he's the only pro- profile we've got of that of his type of striker. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would agree. It's, there's positives and negatives to both ways of, of doing it, so we'll have to see what fight goes with. You could also potentially see Bamford play both and then just not play for the Plymouth game and have 10 days off, which... I guess is a bit of risk, but yeah, yeah, that's potential as well. Yeah, sit maybe sixty minutes and then bring Piro. Hopefully, the mm-hmm. game's in our favour at that point. But yeah. yeah, it's all it's all kind of guesswork with the forward line, isn't it? Yeah. What about the out of possession approach for this game, then, Martin? I think it'll probably be pretty much the same as the previous one. I think we did cause them some problems at times. They also were able to go long over our press, so I'd expect them to we do the a similar sort of thing and to bypass our press by getting the ball quickly over to Liam Miller who was their main out ball. 
when they were looking to get these switches from one side of the player to the other. At least that's my memory of it. I wasn't able to rewatch this game. I was going to rewatch the pressing game, but for some reason, it's not on LUTV at all. Like, all the all the other recent games are there. All of them. The pressing game isn't. It's like I pay for this service. Where where, where is my rewatch of that game? Yeah. They don't want to work on. in a boxing Sorry, day and they've just decided not to put it on because we lost. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Maybe you're the only person that wants to watch that game, Martin. Maybe that's why. I think that could be a reason, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd agree on the out-of-possession approach. Uh, the only thing is, I think, I've mentioned, as I've mentioned already, I just want to see Dan James helping Archie Gray out or mm. Nonto if it's on him on the right wing. But yeah, just don't leave Archie Gray two-on-one against Miller plus whichever full-back is on yeah. playing for them at that point. Is there a player you can see having a big impact on the outcome of this game for Leeds, Martin? Uh, I think a lot of it will come down to Archie Gray's performance because uh, Miller is the big risk in Preston side. And if we're able to contain Miller's threat, then I think we'll win this game, in my opinion. That's the main thing which they were looking to do anything with was that side of the pitch. So it'll definitely come down to Archie Gray. And he's had, he's had a lot of good games this this season, and he's had some games where he's not been good for one half, like against um, was it Jack Clark at Sunderland? Yeah. He had a bad first half against him, but he recovered and went, I think, 60, 70 minutes on a yellow card against one of the best individual wingers in the league, well, probably the best one-on-one dribbler in the league. Sorry, yeah. sorry Rutter, but the stats do show that he is... Um, Different yeah. positions anyway, isn't it? Yeah, of course. And there's there's more space on the flanks than what there is in central areas. Do it from 10, Clark, and then we'll talk. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Um, yeah, so that if we can have a good game against Miller and we, we can give him the correct support to contain whatever two-on-ones that they, they will have going, whether they choose to go with a, a three with just Miller on that flank, or if they go over back four and have Miller and full that, I think it's going to be interesting. We'll see what they they decide to do with that, and hoping that Archie can have a good performance. And going going forward, it will be definitely the usual suspects in Rutter and Somerville, who are our main sparks, and Dan James as well. Just all all the the free players behind. I would I guess at, at probably Bamford and Sierra Alfe will most likely to play, and those will be the guys who will do the most damage for us. So that, that, those are the ones I'm looking at. Do you have any, anyone different to say? No, I think you've said it already. I think yeah, Somerville and Rutter are obvious ones, and I just they were they struggled in the away games. So I'm hoping they've afforded a bit more space and they can create a bit more mm. in this one. Uh, Gray obviously for Miller, and yeah, as I've said already, the, the Dan James for probably the chance creation because I think he struggled creating chances of the, in the away game as well, yeah. and then the defensive support. So the more I think about it, the, the, I remember how little Dan James offered in that Preston game. Um, <laughs> he did. He didn't offer much at all. He did find it difficult to to do anything. And we're going to fall over there. But we have been seeing some good link up between him and Archie in recent games. So I'm hoping that that can continue. And we have two, a two sided threat rather than, than it just being our left side, which is yeah. I think that was part of the problem as well. Was how we were just going through our left hand side that day. Yeah, exactly. We've kind of hinted at the answer for this one already. But do you want to take us through a predicted lineup? Yeah, sure. So it'll it'll be Melier in goal and Gray at right back be rode on and I'm going I'm going to say that Pascal will still be out for this one and maybe he'll come in for our midweek or the FA Cup game. Um and then so we'll have Ampadu alongside Roden. Then left back is the only one where I'm not really sure it could be Fur Power or it could be Baron. Then midfield I would expect it to be Camera and 
Grouf, Grove, Grave, however you're meant to I, say I it. Just no. go Gruev. I'll say it. I'll literally butcher the name. I just say Gruev because yeah. that's how it's yeah, that's really fine. <laughs> well, to be honest, I was doing some some looking after because after the, the recent games where Bryn Law's been, been pronouncing it Grife, like Grife, but with a G, um, <laughs> I've been, I, I was looking into some old footage of uh, of Grife of when he was in the Bundesliga and the Bundesliga commentators pronounced it as Gruev. Right. And I, I also watched some random German YouTuber just for, for about a few minutes just to hear him pronounce the name as well. And he also said, said Gruev. So like, who knows? He's German, not Bulgarian like Gruev. So he may be saying it wrong as well. But it it's, your, it's not Johan Gruev then. No, well, uh, <laughs> it, it could be. Ilya Gruev. Ilya Christ. It's got a good, good ring to it, actually. But it, yeah. it's, been play, it's been playing well since Bryn Law's been pronouncing it that way. So maybe we should keep it that way. Yeah, but yeah, and I was saying so. It'd be, it'd be him and Tamara in midfield, and the front four will likely be James, Somerville, Ruter, and Bamford. Yeah, have to agree with all that. I think, like I said, I think Bamford will play, and then the other ones are just fifty fifties, depending on injuries, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. What do you expect watching this game of football will look like then, Martin? I've like, I reckon it'll just be very similar to the away game. Probably they'll probably yeah. sit in a bit more, but apart from that, I think the the game will look pretty similar. Yeah, I think it will be. Pretty much the same as the previous game. Uh, we will probably look to impose ourselves a little bit more because we're at home for this one. So we'll probably have a little bit more possession than what we did in the, in the previous one. But by and large, it will be a carbon copy of the previous game. But with hopefully less um, Liam, Liam Miller highlights and more Archie Gray leaving him on the ground highlights. Um, but that, that will be what I hope will happen. We'll see if that is a reality or not. And where do you think this game will be won or lost? Can't look any further than the battle between Gray and Miller. That's going to be it. Um, if we can give Archie the correct support to deal with that situation and prevent Miller from being as influential in the game as he was in the previous one, then I think we win this game quite handily. Um, we've got a really good home record, and I'd like to continue. And I think we'll, we will possess the ball a lot, and they will look for transitional moments to attack us and get that ball to Miller as soon as I can so I would expect Gray to be sitting a little bit deeper than what he normally does maybe not getting forward as often just to have that extra person in the rest events to accommodate for that so we may not see as many combinations between him and James um, but maybe the odd time we will so yeah that's very similar to the previous game is where it would be won or lost yeah I think I was just thinking similar like if Leeds can get Somerville and Rutter more involved this time and can limit Miller's influence. I think the game should be quite comfortable, but I think I think that is pretty much what the game will ride on. I don't think it's going to be a great tactical battle or anything. I think it's quite simply who can get their best players involved in the game. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's same same. I'm hoping that Miller's going to turn into one of those players that we remember him for his one good game he had against Leeds, and then we said was like, oh, do you remember Miller in when we're like four years down the line, and he had that good game against Archie Gray on Boxing Day that time, and he's actually just doesn't do anything for the rest of the time he ever plays Leeds, but we'll all be scarred by that one game. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what we hope to, and not not to be a player who who recurringly becomes up and is a problem for us. Like Kearney at Fulham, he he yeah. causes problems many times over the years. So hopefully, he's is end up being a Kearney for us. And on that bombshell, I think we should bring it to an end. Um, so just a quick reminder for uh, the patron. So the website for our patron is patreon.com forward slash asaw patron. Um, I think. I don't think we managed to do a Twitter spaces on for the Cardiff game. I just don't think we had the availability between us. No, exactly. We did struggle for availability. I think people generally do do things at the weekend. It's, a, it's generally just me 
that's sat around if anyone else is available. But it's fine. People have lives. It's just me who's a boring bugger and doesn't do anything. <laughs> but may, may, maybe at like quarter past eleven on Sunday morning, when this because this game's kicking off at some stupid time, we might mm. be we might be more available. So we'll try Possibly. and do it with the spaces for this one. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out and we will tweet about it and let people know if we are going to do that. We will be back next week with a review of this game, and I believe we are planning to preview Norwich. Like late this week, so that can go out early next week. But yeah, we'll keep an yeah. eye out for that one. But until then, I will just say thank you to Martin. And thank you as well, Tom. Cheers, and thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 